This episode is brought to you in part by buymeacoffee.com. We'll hear more from them later on the show. Hello there. My name is Doc Conrad, and this is my little preamble to the podcast. First of all, I want to say thank you to all the wonderful artists and guests who helped make this show possible. I want to give a huge shout out to The Metal Hyro for not only being the guest, but the person who made today's icon for her episode, and possibly in the future, future episodes as well. They did an absolutely wonderful job transforming the wonderful artwork made by the graphic artist at Melloscav, at M-E-L-O-S-C-A-V, and Shy Starfall, S-H-Y-S-T-A-R-F-A-L-L. They're the ones who made our new icon, but this episode, I wanted to go ahead and make it a little something special. So, I commissioned the Metal Hyro to make this episode's uh, icon, and uh, it looks absolutely fantastic. Also, I don't want to forget our wonderful artist who makes all of the character art for this podcast, um, at Doidaflower, at D-O-I-D-U-H-F-L-O-W-E-R, and the wonderful promotional artist who made every single piece of promo art, at Andromeda underscore Snow on Twitter, A-N-D-R-O-M-E-D-A underscore S-N-O-W on Twitter. If you'd like to keep up to date with the show, follow the show on Twitter at Comms Open Podcast, as well as on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. Today's guest is the Metal Hyro. She is an absolute delight to talk to. Her story is uh, unique, it is interesting, and it's fun, and honestly, I just had a wonderful time talking to her. If you want to go ahead and follow her, you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at the Metal Hyro exactly how the podcast episode is titled. So if you're at all confused, well, just go ahead and look at that. Anyway, I'll go ahead and get into the episode. I don't want to waste any of your time. So without further ado, thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Commissions Open, an interview podcast all about art in the digital age. Here you can hear the processes, stories, and lives of talented artists, voice actors, video creators, editors, musicians, and many other talented creators in the era of online work. I am your host, Doc Conrad. Today, I have the wonderful guest and actually a little bit of an early fan, uh, the metal uh, hero. Is that correct? Ah, uh, yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> How do you pronounce it? I'm not it? sure either. <laughs> um, metal hero, I think. Metal but, hero? You know, it, it works. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get right into it. How did you? Uh, how did you come up with that name? That's an interesting one. <laughs> I get that. I get that question a lot, and I, um, in truth, I just computer generated it, like <sighs> when I was like 14, like because <laughs> I wanted the same username everywhere, mm-hmm. and I didn't like want to like pick it like individually so i went on this website that like tells you if it's open on like multiple medias mm-hmm. and it was like this one's free i'm like oh i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> well either way uh your style is iconic i can definitely say and oh, you uh have you. made your you've made a name for uh the metal hero either way so it is yeah. in, in in one way or another everyone can a lot of people could tell exactly that it is uh, your work and it, and it associates your name with it. So I'm glad. Good bit of branding on there from the computer driven <laughs> website. Yeah, right. I like owe it something, I think. <laughs> so um, we're going to go ahead and talk about uh, a little bit of everything involved uh, with your art uh, to go ahead and start with. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell me a bit about um, 
your beginnings. How did you first start getting into art itself? Hmm. Okay, so I've been drawing as long as I can remember. It's always been my number one hobby of mine um, from the time, like, you know, I was a toddler. My mom, like, um, was really cool. And she, like, took all my drawings and she, like, put it in a box and, like, dated them all. So I can see, like, from the time I was, like, two years old, I was still, like, just, like, going right through paper and markers mm -hmm. and everything like that. Um, and I guess over time, it kind of became like something I wanted to do for like for as a career um I don't remember there being like a certain like day or decision I think it just kind of like morphed into that somewhere along the way I realized you could do that as a job and then I was like oh yeah that works for me mm -hmm. um and yeah so that's uh kind of how that things happened it was like very like a natural progression mm -hmm. from early on in order to just in like for discovery and improving your art um why don't you talk about the things early on that you did draw um was it mostly like were you creating characters were you drawing fan art like what was what was like you can remember like things you can recall you drawing first so when i was younger i would draw like when i was like you know really really young i would draw a lot of like cartoon characters from like shows that like i didn't watch because i didn't have cable but like I guess it was like a yearning thing. <laughs> like I would like see them and I'm like, I want, I want to draw that. <laughs> so <laughs> I would draw those and I would draw a lot of um, like princesses and things like that. And like superheroes and ninjas, like the classic little kid things, mm -hmm. you know? And then it got into, um, I was drawing uh, Dragon Ball Z which got me into my anime phase that lasted way too long. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was drawing a lot of fan art for things like that and like, um, or in high school host club and all that stuff. And, you know, original characters were always sprinkled in there. I still have like characters I've had since I was the time I was like 12 years old, I think that I'm still like workshopping and working on and things like that. Um, but I don't think I really got like, particularly like attached to any characters until like yeah around the time i was like 12 13 okay um what is um so you you said that you originally drew like um mostly mostly that of like somewhat fan art cartoon characters that you saw and then you moved on to original characters sprinkled here and there um and now and now that you you've basically settled on working for um not only working on commissions itself but you've also worked on uh using your characters to tell a narrative story um and clearly from your discord profile picture you're a fan of homestuck uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh why don't you go ahead and talk about uh the growing process from like being uh like like how you got into web comics and comic drawing itself and everything involved with that yeah i can't believe i forgot that that was the biggest part there was um a time for like two three years where I almost exclusively drew homestuck um that's actually kind of what got me into um posting my work online was um when I started drawing homestuck work um so I was I think 12 when I started reading homestuck and then I stopped for a little while and then like when I was like 14 is when I like really picked up it was around the time the um the big hiatus happened mm -hmm. 
and um I was like obsessed and I like of course I still am but you know less so now um but like I would draw it so much and that was kind of what got um people to look at my work um but so because of that like Andrew Hussey was always like a big inspiration for me because like I just I loved his work so much there was nothing um ever I had like read or consumed before that like I was so like into Mm -hmm. you know like I, I was emotionally invested and like I loved the way he did like um a combination of animation and music and things like that and I was like I want to do stories like that like I want somebody to cry over my work you know mm-hmm. like isn't that the dream um <laughs> like isn't that the dream for someone to get mad at yeah. your art yeah. <laughs> strong um, emotion and passion is one yeah. of the most things that artists want to feel yeah yeah right so I think from there he's always been like the the person that like I like to base like my stuff off of not in like terms of like plot but more like um I guess mood and aesthetic in a way mm-hmm. if that makes sense I don't know if those are the right words no, I, but, I, can, I can definitely see it mm-hmm. like so my style is definitely influenced by his work I think mm-hmm. um as well as uh Brian Lee O'Malley I love Scott Pilgrim that was another big inspiration um Brian Lee O'Malley's work is what pulled me out of my anime phase where I stopped drawing bad anime and tried to like actually develop like my own style mm-hmm. um and so from then those two inspirations um made me kind of um want to post my work um like my original characters I wanted to share those more than I wanted to share my fan art because I had things that I was working on for a while that I was passionate about and I wanted to share with people um yeah <laughs> <laughs> now i can uh yeah you, you i can definitely go ahead and see your um early inspiration involved with um w- involved with andrew H- andrew hussey's work and brian Lee O'Malley's. um that's telling that i'm saying that right why uh scott scott pilgrim scott pilgrim work especially from the uh from the different sort of like ways you've shaped you've like shaped your characters as well and uh yeah kind of things like sure. that um and you are currently, uh, you're currently working on uh, soul, ser- uh, soul Searchers, is that correct? Uh-huh. Yeah, and why don't you go ahead and talk a bit about the comic creation process, because um, I've talked to a traditional comic artist before, um, but I've never talked to a webcomic artist, um, and I've, I, like, at least one that hasn't, like, made things involved and, like, uploaded them consistently, Um and of course consistently uh, well more so well more so like um creating the characters uh creating the characters and putting them onto a platform which they can be uh which they can be uploaded on like i have people who are working on ideas but you've 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 taken the plunge and like made a webcom made like a site uh, to dedicated to like a profile dedicated to your webcomic and creating a story for it and why don't you go ahead and talk about that process of how you go through that for sure okay so first of all if anyone is listening and they read it i'm so sorry that it's been on a little bit of a hiatus um but it's coming back i'm working on it i promise so for me um i tend to think about the whole story in my head before i put anything on paper and it's like a process of like a couple months 
or years even like I've worked there's several other stories that I eventually would like to produce someday um mm-hmm. Soul Searchers just happens to be the first one I did something for um and that was because uh I needed something for a school project and I was like oh I had ghosts and things so that's you know that that was what that is so like I think about the characters and the story and everything like that and I make sure that I enjoy where it would go before I put anything on paper. And then from there, it's like pretty, you know, simple. I just sketch out all the panels, um, put them on a, um, in on the same page to make sure they flow in like a good direction and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I finish the panels and I put them on these really, really long canvases um, stacked. So Webtoons does this thing where like, you can scroll like down instead of to the side. So you want to make sure like they flow um, that way. Cause I used to originally do it side to side because I was posting it on Instagram, but then I found it was kind of like awkward and clumsy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that a major part of like, as much as like it's a hassle, um, the aesthetics of the panels is like, almost as important as like what's going on because you don't want something to be frustrating to read mm-hmm. um so like that's like honestly one of the biggest parts just like trying to get it all to fit in a way that works and like it's super frustrating but it works you know eventually mm-hmm. a little bit of elbow grease mm-hmm. um and usually i like to plan like i said everything before i put things on paper but also I will admit sometimes um, it, when it comes to soul searchers, there's a couple holes in place that like I dread because I'm like, oh, something's coming up soon that I have to make a decision. And um, so that's when I like sit down and I'm like, I write through all my options. I'm like, okay, this could either happen or this could either happen or this could either happen. And they all have like three things that could branch off of them. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you have to figure it out, <laughs> make sure. Um, I think that's, yeah, one of the more stressful parts because when you're planning things, it's all nice and easy because um, you, you're you not sharing it with anybody. So if you decide you change your mind on something, you can just do that. But like once it's like starting out, there's many, you know, there, you know there's like, we're in the Homestuck fan and we know that there's people that microanalyze every little bit of something. Mm-hmm. So, so like, I'm like, oh, geez, I can't change this because they'll know that I did this. And it's like, but you know mm-hmm. what's done is what's done you got to just roll with it <laughs> yeah there there's a lot to go ahead and say about um the in terms of like creating a creating a comic is a um it can be an arduous process especially if you're going more for a narrative style um because your whole thing is like you're creating a story and you may have lined it up in your head for and sure. you changed it but once it's out there it's fully out there and if you don't like like an aspect of the of the idea anymore now that's fully out there you might be like oh wait a minute and like that right. might be an issue to go ahead and like deal with but you have to like learn to play around within it that's like one of the scariest parts unless i'm just going to do the whole andrew hussey and kill everybody and then say oh god i'll go back in time and fix it you know <laughs> i could do that <laughs> But I don't know if that's gonna work for my narrative. Uh no, I'm I, I'm 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 not certain of that. However, what I can say <laughs> is that like your char- your characters are clearly like 
your characters are clearly like recognizable and wonderful that you've you've already made and as is your art oh, style you. so i'm sure i'm certain that like even if you go through and you're not fully satisfied with this sort of thing people will stick around for um more diff more and different uh stories that you have that like maybe you'll take a direction and lead into a different route or something along those lines and I i'm certain that you've got like various ways of going about it um but why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about um your other uh your like let's go ahead and dissect the the, the one that you have already um and give people a rundown who haven't heard about it uh what it is and sure. uh we can eventually talk about the other one that you're planning on working on Sure, sure. So Soul Searchers is a webcomic on Webtoon. Uh, it's about a boy named Walter who um, suddenly dies and he is introduced to the spirit world by two other spirits named Travis and Kay. Um, and they're debating on whether or not they want to get him back to his body or not. So he has a near-death experience. He's in the hospital. Um, He's far away from his body now, and so there, it's a quest to get him back to his body, but on the way, Walter's trying to decide whether or not, like, living, the living life is even for him or not. Mm -hmm. And that, that, um, that, that's, that's, like, the general synopsis of the story, but, like, there, of course, there's, like, there are different, like, paths that goes, there's, like, different things that goes through uh, with it, and there's more stuff to it, of course, because you said you're still working on it, and you don't want to spoil everything yeah, to, course. like, the ideas that you have. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't want to entirely, like, spoil some of the things that are going along the way, but there's, like, going to be, you know, more characters introduced, and, um, you know, obviously the two ghost characters, they have their own lore and backstory that we're going to get into, and things like that, and I think, um, you know, it'll be an exciting read if you're into, you know, uh, dark comedy, I suppose, if that's what it's called. <laughs> I can definitely I can definitely see it as that. There's some there's some definitely dark comedic moments in there. Um and uh yeah, is is there anything else you want to go ahead and talk about involving uh the process and creation of that webcomic like as you've gone through with it cuz you said you still have a little bit of it in a, in a general sense. Um but is there anything that you've like worried about and debated on specifically on this webcomic that you're making right now? Oh, for sure. Okay. So, this is about this comic but also um just com like publishing comics in general i think one of the biggest parts is um the anxiety behind putting all this work into something that you care about and then you know people not enjoying it um and that's something i struggled with for a, lot, a couple years now like as i've been like working on things and like holding on to these ideas and being like i don't know if it's ready yet and things like that um and i feel like that's like a big big problem for like a lot of young artists um, and older artists alike too, just, you know, artists in general, um, they're like, I don't know if I want to share this because I don't know if anyone's going to like it. And I knew that I, that was a major problem I had, um, when I was deciding whether or not I wanted to continue soul searchers past the first nine panel update, the first one that I did for a school project. And I just posted to my feed, like on a whim, cause I'm like, Oh, I need something to post. Here's this homework assignment that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, but when you think about it, like, if you like something, the chances that nobody else in the world is going to like it is so impossibly <laughs> slim. Mm -hmm. There has to be at least, like, 1% of the world that's going to like it. And that is, you know, thousands of people, millions of people, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, like, knowing that is, like, 
the major hump you have to get over if you're trying to upload something or share something with the world, whether, you know, whatever it is. And that goes for like regular art too. It doesn't have to be like a story comic. Mm -hmm. I I can, uh, I can definitely understand that, especially as you already having a fall, already having a a following, um, getting, uh, you, you moving from like just strictly posting, uh, or fan art that you've made um to making one that is uh more involved with like um that that is involved in narrative sense like people are going to come initially for the art style and they enjoyed it and then they'll go ahead and be interested further into the characters as well and they'll grow from that point so it makes sense for you to go ahead and like you can of course people are always nervous about like is it going to be good enough but you've already gathered garnered enough attention from the work that you've already made and it always in it in like further goes into the work that you've made now and it, it like adds on to each other like new fans will find your art from the comic and old fans that have known your artwork will find the comic because they liked your artwork so it like it like blends together right there was definitely like a big surge when i started posting the uh the comic on webtoon um or the comic on instagram and i was kind of like you know nervous i was like i feel like a lot of people are gonna jump ship like when i move it to webtoons you know because you know i don't blame people like they don't want to download another app like i've been there um but it you know I, I i lost a little bit of a little bit of um followers but you know if you don't post for three days a lot of people just assume you're dead and leave anyway mm-hmm. um Instagram is tricky like that. And I'm just sure that everybody else, like all of the other medias are like that where, you know, you're just like, they just drop like flies if you don't like do this very specific thing that they came for. But um, I think I went off track there. <laughs> you're, you're fine. You're fine. I'd love to hear more about that, actually. Um, uh, the... evolving, with, evolving with like different, the, flippin- the flippancy of followers, especially. That's an interesting topic I've never really gotten to hear about. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, when it, when um when you have a large following on social media, um, I know that it can cause a lot of stress, and you know I'm I'm, I'm sure it, it stressed me out at some point. I know it did. Um, but yeah, it's interesting when you think that you think that when someone follows you, they're gonna stick around for a while. But it's kind of amazing, like how like when people are gaining, you see, like if there's an artist that's like popping off. And you're seeing like they're getting, you know, hundreds of followers a day and everything like that. You're like, oh, they must be, you know, racking it up. There's also like half that many people every day leaving, mm-hmm. which is like kind of crazy to think about. And, um, you know, you need to like not let that get to you because there's so many things that could be um, besides your fault. Because, yeah. you know, like, you know, followers are cool and all like Mm -hmm. yeah they're great they're an ego they're ego boost um it's nice for me personally I really appreciate it because I just I really appreciate the fact that people like my art and want to stick around but also as a freelance artist um it means more business um it means more eyes on you to see like what you have to offer to you know um the world of careers and things like that Mm -hmm. but when it comes it definitely makes sense yeah Um, but when it comes to like, um, followers and things like that, it is, it's interesting, like, um, what the algorithm can, you know, bring you and take away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's best to like, you know, 
um, absorb it and analyze it, but don't take it personally. Yeah. Because I'm not, you know, (laughs) uh, it could be, you know, bots. It could be people just not interested anymore. It could be people being like, oh, they haven't posted in four days and they must be dead. Um, (laughs) It could also be like people wanting to clear out all their follow, all their like following lists or whatever. Like they do like they do. Right. And there could be people who like follow you to expect a follow back. Like there are some people who do that. That's definitely a thing. I get DMs about that all the time. They're like, hey, follow for follow. I'm like, this is a private account. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to just take a chance on that. Um, yeah, but it, it's the algorithm on Instagram, I find incredibly intriguing. I really like love to like analyze that kind of stuff, not for... Um, not not what is the word I'm looking for anyway like I mean I just like looking at that stuff because I'm like it's amazing how technology works like it's it's such a nice time to be like an artist Mm -hmm. if you post your work online because there because the computer works to find people that will like your work and bring them to you yeah which is great for you know um exposure and business and things like that so it's like really like interesting to look at things like that like the states they come from and the ages they are and the gender ratio and all of that stuff Mm -hmm. it's just really like fascinating stuff so i think at this point when i see like a huge dip in like followers which people don't see because at the same time i'm getting you know like double back um i don't see that and take it personally i'm just like wow interesting like how all of this works mm-hmm. i don't know if that makes sense well no, it does it definitely does um and it's a good thing you don't take it personally because like i know a lot of people worry stress about those things to, uh, to like the nth degree about like why is it that they lost this many like they always con- they were always concerned about it. and there's a concern about like crunch and whatnot especially like yeah. working working hard to make sure like really working and stressing yourself out over these things that like at the end of the day won't totally affect you um of course mm-hmm. there are cases of like of course, there are cases of it of it to cause a concern eventually, but like this is for not sure. be, this is not to be the case for you because one, your art's always quality, and your art style oh, may thanks. your art style may like change up a little bit from here and there depending on what you wish to draw. But you mm-hmm. have a but like a majority of your art style is is like very consistent. It's very clean. I love the work that you do, and a lot of other Thank people you. clearly do. Um, and uh, speaking of, I'd love to hear about like your um commission prices because it appears to be like for a following as big as you have it's very like it's very on the low end of things um why don't you go and talk about your uh commission prices and like how you've worked in it all that okay sure um so i suppose they're quite modest um i like to go back every six months or so and um either keep them the same or raise them depending on how well i'm doing in business um Usually I raise them by like, you know, 10 bucks or so. Um, For me right now um, with, you know, I'm here and I'm home because we know we're all home. Um, Mm -hmm. We're not allowed to leave Um, my, my uh, day job because I'm a student still. I, so I work as a waitress. Um, It's closed. I don't really have that like um, access pocket change that I wish I had. So, and people are home. I know this because I'm that person as well. Like we're home all just wanting to spend our money 
yeah. um, on things that entertain us, you know, the whole switch shortage and um, buying things, buying clothes online and things like that. Oh, yeah. And I think this is the perfect time for people to want to buy art as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make it like accessible because I know that while I have a large following, I know that a lot of my followers are also young and don't have as much disposable income as other people. So I want to make it accessible for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to the prices, they're they're solid in they're solid there as long as you stick to the solid um, guidelines I I gave in the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but if you want anything above that, it immediately becomes a case by case, and that's when um, my more pricier commissions come in. Yeah. If you want to use it for like a commercial purpose or you want um, someone wearing like a full suit of armor or you want like a painted background and stuff, those are all things I can do. But at that, that point, that's like a case by case and the I throw the commission sheet out the window. Mm-hmm. And it all goes based on like, uh, I'm guessing like in terms of like how well they work with you, how willing they are to go ahead and adjust, your, adjust to um, like who you are, like it's like as like a, as like an artist like they're willing if they're willing to go ahead and like be nicer like you'll go ahead and be like okay i can go ahead and work with you in this regard but if you're like if they're a little bit more eh, you go for yeah, you go for you sure. go for you go for a little bit bit of a heavier price just because like you want to make sure that it's worth your time for dealing with these kind of individuals and i've met like um different clients in that regard uh in i'm guessing your field and and uh someone someone around mine uh that uh, has yeah. to deal with that I've certainly met some characters. I'll say that. We'll get with um, the, we'll get with that in a little bit. I want to talk a yeah. little bit about uh, the kind of clients that you've dealt with, um, and more more or less your ideal clients. But I, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit. Uh, going back to your um, your other your other uh, web comment that you're planning on working on uh, relatively shortly. Um, with all your fruit characters, um, oh, fruit based yeah, characters, yeah. I'd love to hear more about them. Andy! Andy, you gotta come down. It's time for dinner. What is this thing? Are you... Are you... Grandpa? You got the thing... Grandpa, are you recording something down there? There's a little... Little lines appearing in my... On the screen. Andy! Andy, it's the IRS. Uh, Okay, just... What? Just say welcome to the middle bit. Uh, okay? Okay. Welcome to the middle bit. The first thing I'd like to say is that this episode is sponsored by buymeacoffee.com. I want to ensure that sponsorships make sense for this podcast. And when Buy Me A Coffee reached out to me, it made a ton of sense. Buy Me A Coffee is a great way to accept support and offer extras to your audience. There are more than 100,000 creators across 750 categories. And this podcast is on there too. But we'll talk about that in a bit. First, what about you? If you are a commission-based creator, Buy Me A Coffee has a feature just for you. You could set up your page to take art commissions with features such as placing maximum slots, setting prices describing the amount you charge, and more. You can use their pre-filled art commissions template or make your very own personalized to you. 
If you're interested at all, you can visit my link in the audio description or on YouTube in the description below. And if you're looking a way to support me, come take a look at my Buy Me A Coffee page. There you can figure out a way to sponsor the podcast as well as get your message read on this very show. Thank you once again to Buy Me A Coffee for this opportunity, and I'm thankful if you support the show. The second thing I'd like to mention actually coincides with buymeacoffee.com. Right now, on my page, you can get your personal message read. For only $25, I will read 100 words on any specific podcast date. If a specific date is taken, I will negotiate for another date or have one close by, or as soon as possible. Right now, I have 10 slots set up, so you can get your message read on this very podcast right now. If you go to buymeacoffee.com slash commsopenpodcast, you can get your personal message read today. That's buymeacoffee.com slash commsopenpodcast. And that's everything. So far, uh, this podcast has been going extremely well, and I really do appreciate all of the support that I've gotten over the past few months. Uh, this podcast has been my dream for quite a while, and getting a chance to work on it full-time is actually amazing. Um, just, if I have to go ahead and say anything else, go ahead and follow the podcast wherever you get it. Um, subscribe, and uh, I would love for you to go ahead and do so. Anyways, we'll go ahead and... Uh... Oh. Hey Gramps, what's going on? Did you did you tell them to subscribe? Yeah, 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 I did. They better have subscribed and followed the podcast wherever they get it. No, yeah, yeah, no, I did. Don't worry. Oh, I'll swear I'll beat them over the head with this thing. Jeez, Gramps, it's fine. We're fine. I, calm down. No, no, you calm down. No, no, please. You need to like. There's my pudding. I don't. I don't know. Just stop. Just, uh, go, go somewhere else. Okay. Sure. So originally, I designed Melanie on a whim. So Melanie is the blue-haired watermelon girl. Mm -hmm. If if you couldn't tell by the name. Yes. Um. I, I designed her on a whim, like, sometime last March for, like, a draw this in your style thing. Mm -hmm. I drew her the first day of Magical Girl March and then immediately bailed on the idea of doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I liked her I liked her design, so I'm like, I'm going to do something with her. Um, and it, it's, it's kind of like how that usually goes. Like, with one of my ideas, I have, like, one thing, and it starts as that. And then I'm like, but what if I do – what if I just add this thing? And then, and then it becomes, like, a whole project that I have to work on if I want my conscience to be clear. Um, but – so, yeah, that's a comic I plan on working on uh, with the other characters. It's going to be a, uh, a dark comedy parody on Magical Girl, like, um, cliches. Mm -hmm. So Magical Girl animes. So – the main premise is it's all satire, but basically they're a magical group, girl group at a young age. Um, they're all about, you know, like the friendship and the positivity and the happiness, which is like all things that I love. This has nothing to do with like what I think. Mm -hmm. But um, but as they get older and they get more catty and they develop, you know, relationships and tension and things like that, um, they all start to hate each other. Mm -hmm. But they're all still a team. Um, so they're kind of um, two faced, like they have these two faced relationships with each other. They're all very like jaded and like older, and they have their own 
reality things that are happening. Like you can't just be, you know, 14 and wear a frilly dress and fight monsters anymore. You have to pay rent and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's an interesting, uh, that's an interesting one. I, I really like the idea of that, like magical girls that grow older, like, because typically, yeah. typically they, they, they stay around that. They stay around like a certain age. And I'm guessing like, I'm guessing like the Powerpuff Girls had something along those lines where they eventually had the episode where they got older for like one episode and then didn't do that anymore. Um, right. Like they never talk about like what happens after they're like out of middle school. Yeah. Like middle like high school girls aren't nice, no. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no. They're not nice to each other. Um so I I thought it would be something very interesting to like look into and like mm -hmm. what would happen if like one of their friends was like so done with it like they burned the bridge completely and they like maybe became the villain, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where Corella, Corella is the cactus girl. She's the super villain of the series. Ah, yeah, I I really like the I really like the idea that you have here, especially with the um them them like further further going along, growing up, like the 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 like world in which they have to go ahead and like navigate through. Um, they have to go ahead and live normal normal lives. Like, actually have to deal with some of the awful things that are in normal lives, and sometimes comparing the two is like. Like, oh, I beat up this thing, yeah, but I could do that easily. But I had to navigate around this awful like landlord that I had, and like, you know, I gotta pay, I gotta like learn about rent. Right. There's just like, there's a great dynamic. There's a great dynamic there that like, um, despite how, despite how strong, despite how strong you can be, um, and like how you how far you can get along, um, like doing one specific thing, you're not gonna be the best at other things. And I definitely think that that's like a sign of like. Uh, of of like growth for um each of your characters to definitely going to be able to go through and i'd love to hear more about that as it goes on yeah of course yeah it's just i thought it would be fun to like just look into that and eventually obviously you know find some kind of reconciliation with each other or maybe or maybe not mm -hmm. um but i really want to press into um these like these relationships that I see around me with other people mm -hmm. um, and like reality check and also the commercialization of um, these magical girls is also like a big thing. So they're like C-list celebrities too. So that like adds to it mm -hmm. where like they struggle to get normal jobs because people like interact with them in the workplace and um, the bosses don't like that because it wastes time and just a bunch of, it's like the bad luck of like a normal like everyday person but also like the twisting of like what they once had also working against them mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I, it'll I'm be fun to work on i'm already loving this already <laughs> um and i love this concept that you've made already with all these characters um why don't we go ahead and uh we, we talked a bit about that why don't we go ahead and go take a little bit uh step uh, back forward um, towards sure. talking a bit about um, commissions and stuff involving with that. Um, you already stated involving uh, the reasoning why you want to do your prices and all that. And uh, I understand where you're going, where you're coming from, of course. Um, but I'd love to go in here a little bit about no naming names, but like clients that you've had that you've dealt with and like <laughs> uh, that you've like want to go ahead and bring up. Like, let's go ahead and take, for example, the average listener maybe want to go ahead and commission an artist. Um, what uh, would you say to them to go ahead and be like? don't do what this guy did please don't like don't do what this person <laughs> did at all so would you like me to um stay general first or would you like to like for me to um 
Ooh, go go Say. go go general and then narrow it down to like oh this guy. Okay. Ooh. Okay. I'd love to hear either. So I would um avoid. Let me see. Where where should I go from this? So if you if you're trying to commission an artist, um, I would definitely have if you don't want to risk paying extra money for more revisions, go in with a very strict idea of what you're looking for. I think a lot of people think that they're being helpful by saying, oh, do whatever you want. Like, this is your thing. And if that's truly, like, what you want, like, you don't care what you get back, like, in conceptually, not quality, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, then go for it. But if you have like an idea in your head, but you think it would be too pushy to like tell the artist that's what you want, please tell them what you want because it makes things so much easier on both of us where I know what you want. So it makes it easier for me to make it for you. And you don't have to keep telling me it's not what you want every time you get a revision back. Because I think that can get like frustrating between the client and the, you know, the artist. Communication is definitely key there. Yeah. Communication is definitely key. Um, don't try and say that the thing they gave you is not what you wanted when it totally was to get free art. Don't do that. (laughs) I, I've heard, I've heard horror stories about that. And, um, for me personally, um, I like confirm all the details and then I give them that. And if they tell me they want something different, then I say, okay, that's another charge for a different sketch. Because like, if I, you know, misunderstand something that they were trying to say and I'm like oh of course I'll go back and change that free of charge but if it's like a completely new concept I know what they're trying to do and I'm not gonna you know Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna fall for that so but there's some artists that will like they'll be like oh I'll I'll go and I'll fix that for you and that's nothing against the artist like they want to be as helpful and you know awesome as they can doing their awesome thing um don't don't try and cheat artists out of free art um and try to um, try to be patient. Um, I don't mean like. Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Oh, you're <laughs> so fine. You're so fine. Um, so what was I saying? But try to be patient. Um, try to be patient. Yeah, I don't mean like if like you don't hear from anything from them for like a month. Like yeah, go ahead and check in on them or like check in whenever you want. But I had this one client in particular that. I told him the timeline of things. So usually what it goes is um, they order and pay. I give them a sketch within to prove it. And then I move to finish it within the next two or three days. So it's about a week process. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy was like checking in with me every half hour or so. <laughs> and like, it wasn't like, always. It, the thing is, it wasn't always like, um, I guess it's a whole different thing, but. It wasn't always checking in. It was like, hey, how's your day going? And then I wouldn't uh, respond. And he would unsend it and then send it again, like, a couple minutes later. And I'm like, I know, I, I can see you doing that. Like, like mm-hmm. um, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. But, yeah, he'd be like, so how's it going? I'm like, oh, it's still going to be getting, getting in you tomorrow, like I said. And he's like, you know, professional as possible. But, like, it's just, don't do that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it, it stresses us out. Because at some point, I'm just going to be like, uh, would you like a refund? And of course, they're always like, no. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Oh, um, real, real quick sidebar. I'd love to hear about, um, I talked to this with one of my uh, other, um, with, with one of the other people I've interviewed before. Um, people who just say hi, how often do you get that? <laughs> like, do you mean like, like don't, 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 doesn't even, doesn't even want to go ahead and do a commission. They just say hi and just want to yeah. talk to you and try to be your friend. How often does that happen? I feel bad about this, but I have about 86 um, unread messages in my inbox right now. Mm-hmm. And they're all kind of like that. Yeah. Like, hey, how's it going? And like, I feel bad because I am naturally like an extroverted person. I don't find myself to be introverted whatsoever. Um, but something about at this point with how long I've been working online and how long I've been selling my work and how long I've been keeping up my feed. This is not a personal account anymore. It's a business account. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not really there to, um, on that account anyway, um, make make friends, especially when it's like one of those, hi, do you want to be friends kind of thing? Like, I can't yeah. deal with that. Because um, that's not how friendships work anyway. And it's 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 hard sometimes because, like, I think it's so nice that people, you know, want to interact and they want to be your friend and they want to, you know, um, have that connection with you. And, um, and it's wonderful because they're there because they enjoy your art and they appreciate what you do. Um, but it's, it's hard because I, I, I'm tempted sometimes to answer, answer people, um, not the ones that are like, hi, I just ignore those. But like some people will like ask me a nice question and I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, I did that recently. Like one person, like I noticed they comment a lot on my work and then they DM'd me once and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to answer it. And I did. And then I winded up getting like 20 messages a day from mm-hmm. that particular person. And I'm like, I regret this immediately, you know? Yeah. Cause like, yeah. I want to be nice and like civil and have that like rapport, but I can't, um, I can't be besties you know yeah yeah that definitely that definitely makes sense like there is um this goes out this goes out this is go- goes out to a lot of people who are listening like the way that things um tend to work especially for artists who have a lot of following is that um the it's understandable and in fact kind to go ahead and send a me- send a message and maybe you send like one maybe you could send like one more after but like don't feel bad if either a they don't respond or b they uh flat ignore you because there are a lot of people who try to do the exact same thing. Like I've heard this from multiple different artists, especially relatively big artists who receive message who receive messages like this. Like they they go out and they discuss they they go out and they try to go ahead and like be a positive. They they want to go ahead and have that 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 good com- that you want to have a good conversation with people who are who are like who you look up to and enjoy. I get that, but at the same time, like there is a there's a balance between that. Like interact with their posts, ask questions on their posts that they go ahead and publicly shoot out with and like go ahead and do things from there. Interact with those things, but DM but DMing people is like not under it's, it's understandable to go ahead and like want to go ahead and do, but it's difficult to go ahead and deal with. So Right. Yeah. And sometimes it's nothing it's nothing it's nothing against you. I didn't, I said sometimes, but I mean, pretty much all of the time, it's nothing against you. It's just for something like that, especially for me, like sometimes I simply just don't have the time like whatsoever because I 
I wake up and I, you know, do my thing. And then I'm working on commissions or schoolwork until I go to bed, especially now because of, you know, us being home. And I have like a influx in um, clients. So I don't have time to, you know, sit and do small talk. I wish I did. Um, but it's just not something I have, especially when I'm getting, you know, um, a couple dozen DMs a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's nothing against you if I don't answer. And like, sometimes people like, do you mean they say something really, really nice? And I'm like, oh, I'm going di- to, I'm going to uh, answer that when I have the time. And then I forget. And then it's way too long. And then I feel like I'm awkward for answering, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, it's been three weeks. Um, thanks. <laughs> like, um, so I think that's why I do like Q and A's or like, like those little chat things on my story so often, because I feel like that's a good place to like get your question in. If you want to say something or like um, say hi or something like that, like I can't get to all of them all, but I can get to a majority. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good place. If you want to like, like ask a question or say something or, you know, just say hi, because I'll respond to those too. Why mm-hmm. not? You know? Because uh, I want to, I really, really want to have good interaction with my followers. And I used to be, you know, the person who um, replied to every comment. And I, I can't do that anymore. I wish I could, but I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so just know that, like, if you want to talk to me, I also want to talk to you, too. It's just at this point, it's not something I can do on a frequent or expected basis yeah that, that that definitely makes sense um a lot of people are wanting to go and interact and it's difficult to go ahead and keep up with it but it's 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 randomly it's 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 randomly solicited as well and that can go ahead and like make it awkward on both on like both ends for everything especially when you finally do respond so it's it's yeah it's it's one of those things where you don't want to set a precedent as well that you can all the time when you finally get a chance to do it once and then it ends right. up like not being the case that um, one person in particular yeah. i felt i feel so bad but like from to this day i still get messages and i can't open them i'm like i, I can't get trapped into this conversation about about nothing like i appreciate that you want to talk to me but nothing's even happening you know it's like the yeah. hi how was your day mm-hmm. i saw a boat today you know that kind of stuff i'm like Ugh. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but um either way uh why don't we go ahead and um getting to talk about um a little bit more about uh your client a specific a specific clients that you haven't exactly uh a, a specific client that you actually haven't like gotten a chance to go ahead and um discuss really but you want to go ahead and like bring up like this is this is not what you want to do i'd love to go and hear about that just because like i think it's important for other people to get like a specific example like don't do this in terms of commissioning an artist i'd love to hear about that sure 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 um i think that i've generally gotten very lucky because i've heard a lot of horror stories about people being like this guy didn't pay me or like mm-hmm. you know uh stuff like that that's why i i uh do full payment up front mm-hmm. i never want to have to deal with that ever but so i haven't had anything like that um but for the most part it's a lot of um people being too um like open with their concepts but also having internally subconsciously a very specific idea mm-hmm. um i there was a time where i worked with somebody for four months alone on the sketch 
And at this point, that was my, that was my learning where I was like, okay, um, after a certain amount of revisions, I'm going to have to charge more because at first the, the, um, the uh, commission was going to be a really great deal. But by the end of it, I'm like, I feel like I basically lost almost time and money on this because of how many times they're like, I want you to be super creative with this and do whatever you want. And then, but when I gave them their sketches, they're like, hmm, I don't know if I like any of these. And I'm like, I was giving them like five or six at a time, you know, every couple of days. And it was just, it was exhausting. So try to go in with either a specific idea of what you want, because that is so very much appreciated by artists to be like, I want this character wearing this posed like this. And if you don't have all of those, those are fine. But it's just like, what I'm trying to say is, don't be afraid to tell the artist that you're paying for art what you want because you're paying for it. So you should get exactly what you're looking for. Yes. I, I and if you don't have an idea, agree. then be happy with one of the three things you get, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe you don't know exactly what you, you don't know exactly what you want, but you want a general, you want a general idea. Like I get it. Um, but like the the main I, the main thing is to like communicate that as well. Just because you just because you like your the the artists um particular the artists that you commission's particular art style doesn't mean they're gonna give you exactly what you want you want. You get a full when right. you see a when you see a finalized product you you look you grow through and you see like oh yeah I like that and you like their you like their particular art style and then you go from there and you want commission from them. But also you have to recognize that like. One first off, there's the process initially that you may not see exactly what you what you want to get from that, um, and two, the idea that you've seen uh, that you like what you've seen has come from a perspective of oh, I just randomly happened upon that thing. But when you want to request something, there's a lot more in your head that you like get specific in the details about. So you got to like make those two neurons fire at the same time and recognize like just because I like their finished art um, and the way that they presented. Uh, their characters and out of uh their idea and their passion um and i love and i like and i like it and i want something in the similar art style but i have like not really a general idea of it oh well i'll just go ahead and bring it to them no you have a general idea but now you have to go ahead and specifically like put figure right. it out and point it out to where you want it in your head so you got to take some time to think about it that way yeah and also about... if you no no you keep going no no that, that's basically that's basically it uh, go on okay so I like what I was trying to say, like, and um, if you really don't have an idea, you're like, I have this character, I want to draw, I want to have a bunch of other people draw it any way they want. That's awesome. Um, that's so, super cool of you, you know, um, certain artists, though, they will charge extra if they have to come up with it conceptually, like character sheets are awesome. But if you don't have one, and you're like, I need you to draw my OC. Um, it has purple short hair and, you know, gives all the details and stuff. There's so many ways you think you can be as specific as possible, but there's so many ways compositionally what you're saying could come across. And that takes um, some brain power for people and they might charge you extra. So um, if you think your commission is going to be $40 and it winds up being, you know, 50, 55, like that's, that's where it's coming from the conceptual phase, because that's just as important as the quality and like the um, actually putting forth the art. I definitely, I definitely, I definitely makes sense to go ahead and um, ha- have all that uh, plan planned out and everything like that. Um, we're wrapping up towards uh, the very end of the interview, like getting getting closer and closer to it. So, 
Um, as this goes on, uh, I'd love to hear uh, a little bit more about yourself because, of course, your art is not everything. Uh, your your art itself is not everything. Of course, sometimes like it might be the case of like you spend a lot of time working on it. Um, but why don't we go ahead and talk a bit about who you are? Who I I I haven't really gotten a chance to go ahead and hear more about who you are and like as much as you're willing to go ahead and talk about um, who are you? Huh. That's interesting. I don't really get asked that a lot. Um, in what are you looking for anything specific or? Um, I'd love to go ahead and just hear what you. Th who do you think you are? I'd love to hear about that. As much as I do art, and um, I'm a I'm a creator. That's who I've always been. Um, I've always wanted to be, you know, a creator and create things. And um, it's a big part of my personality, but it's not, it's definitely not all of it. Mm -hmm. um, for sure. It's a big part, but it's, it's not all of it. Um, you know, I, hmm. it's funny. Sorry. I never get like personal questions like that before. Mm -hmm. Um I, for me, I like to make people happy with what I'm doing. Um, and that comes with, I'm a natural extrovert. Um, I like being around people. Um, I am kind of, um, as much as I, you know, do art and um, I um, illustrate a lot. And I guess uh, objectively, I have that talent. I'm kind of a bad artist like I don't really have um knowledge of like art history and like technique and things like that I never um had any classical training on anything so I kind of just do whatever my eyes and like like my heart feels right mm -hmm. about things so it's very hard for me to like have like technical conversations about art mm -hmm. Which is funny because I got a lot of I get a lot of questions like that, and they're like, "How did you? What do you think about so and so of something date?" I'm like, "I don't know who that is, you know." <laughs> um, I just draw cartoons. Um, <laughs> um, man, I feel like I'm not do I'm not actually saying anything. Am I saying anything? <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. It's a very awkward question just to be randomly asked. I don't know if I could for certain uh, answer it myself. Um, how about uh how about in this regard i see your artwork as something that is um very much unique to you you have your particular style and your your work has been from uh in an early stage uh moving on to uh one that is very much it's very much like your own you have uh the way that you shape the shape your characters the way you have colors the way you're able to squash them and stretch them and like you have a general idea of how you want things to look at i'm guessing from the beginning process and then towards the end um you have uh wonderful characters that i've seen uh that you've created and i'm guessing taken parts from uh things you've either seen in real life or the ways that you've felt you've had a plenty of chances to grow further as an artist and you've taken each and every one of them uh you've you've moved uh beyond uh simply becoming just a fan artist to one that where you create your own characters with personalities different stories and you're making like great headway involved with that 
um your commission your commissions i'm guessing are like absolutely wonderful in fact i'm considering getting one from you just like from how <laughs> how how absolutely like bright and colorful each of them are and how you can like subvert your expectations with your narrative storytelling as well um despite despite all um you are very expressive with your art i love seeing each of your characters faces involved with it um the way that you've shaped each of them has been wonderful and i know that's mostly talking about your art but the main the main point of it all being is that like i can definitely see you um moving forward as someone who was an artist who can continue to grow and learn uh, even more than you than you have already um, and you are one that will continue to grow, especially, and I know the follower count, like, you may say, like, as, uh, while you are an extroverted person, you're very positive in that regard, I'm glad to go ahead and hear about that, because I know a lot of artists don't have that sort of, um, have that sort of thi thing going for them, but I know that, like, sometimes it can get to you, and I want you to know that, like, your art is always really quality, like, even your short sketches are, like, even your small little sketches that you share, share, and you're not entirely sure about, like, it's, it's always something that you may be conscious may be conscious about, but they look wonderful as well. Your flats, your deep individual colors, I love your backgrounds, like everything about it. You have got talent. And I can definitely go ahead and hear that. I can definitely see that a lot. So I didn't I didn't know I was gonna I, I was I didn't know I was gonna cry on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for everything that you just said. <laughs> I, I try to go ahead and let pe let artists know that um a majority of the time that um there's a reason why I have them on this podcast. It's to go ahead and let them know that they're that the, the the creations that they make are wonderful and that the numbers on the screen aren't exactly everything. Like they they aren't yeah. everything that they that you can see. Like it's it's always going to be hard to go in and hear that. It, it takes some time to go ahead and fully process it all. It's definitely not everything for sure. Yeah. Um. The big, the, I think the biggest part is if you want to be someone on the internet that, that shares their art and you can do it literally anywhere. I started on iFunny, not the most productive place, but it brought me somewhere. Um, but something um, you just really need to think about is like make something quality that you enjoy. I know there's this whole thing where like you draw something and then you hate it the next day, but you did like it in that moment. And if you like it in that moment, there's going to be thousands of other people that also like it as it is right now forever. Mm -hmm. And can, so I yeah. think that's, a, you know, you just have to have confidence in your work. If this is something you want to do, you have to have utmost confidence in your work. Like, I don't mean like sup superiority. That's not what I mean in the slightest, but be content with where you are, knowing that improvement is inevitable and you will be fine. Exactly. And on that note, I think that is a wonderful uh, statement to go ahead and wrap things up. For all the aspiring artists out there, uh, work on your work and uh, don't be don't be content, but be happy. Don't be mm -hmm. don't don't stay stagnant with your art. Don't stay stagnant with your art style. Be feel free to go ahead and change it up, move things around, and keep things uh, keep things moving. Uh, be enjoy the enjoy the work that you make, and as long as that's the case, I'm sure other people will love it too. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh Metal Hero uh, Metal Hero Hero. Either or <laughs> uh, Either or thank, Either or. Thank you so much for uh doing this interview. I really do appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Commissions Open. If you would, please follow this podcast on whatever app you use. I would most definitely appreciate it. I also want to give a quick thank you to all the wonderful artists who helped make this show possible. At Meloscav, at M-E-L-O-S-C-A-V, and at Shy Starfall, S-H-Y-S-T-A-R-F-A-L-L, create the icon for this podcast. And at Doida Flower, at D-O-I-D-U-H-F-L-O-W-E-R, is the artist behind the visuals on YouTube and other social media sites. And at Andromeda underscore Snow, at A-N-D-R-O-M-E-D-A underscore S-N-O-W on Twitter, is the artist who makes promotional art for this podcast. Finally, I want to give a huge shout out to not only the artist who made today's icon, but our wonderful guest, The Metal Hyro. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at The Metal Hyro. With all that being said, thank you so much and have a wonderful day.